We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I'm Fred Lambert, your host. And uh, this is a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was distracted by something else. Uh, all right. Seth Wintrow, my co-host is here. How are you doing, Seth? Good. All right. Uh, so this show is going to be a little bit different this week because we uh, we're going to preview the Tesla AI day that's coming out later tonight. And when I say later tonight, I mean later tonight. <laughs> it's, have Very you late. ever heard of a company like doing like? If anything, if people had any doubt about whether what is the AI day, is it really a recruiting event like Elon Musk uh, claim it is? Uh, that pretty much confirms it because if the goal was promotion and like like get people to watch this thing, you as a rule in the media, you don't release something late on a Friday night to get it picked up by the media. Yeah, you basically uh, that's when you bury news. Yes, when you, ha- exactly. when you have to release it and you bury it. And also, like it's scheduled for what time now? Nine forty-five Eastern PM. Nine fifteen uh, uh, okay. PM Eastern, so local time. It starts at uh, six fifteen. So yeah. it's it's a long event too. It, it, for the people that actually are attending, it starts at five PM up to eleven PM there local time. So I would assume that the doors open at five, so eight uh, our time, and then the live stream starts an hour fifteen from there. And that's if they are on time, which they are historically they are not. <laughs> Never. Never. I mean, the last one, the, I don't even remember what was the last. I, I had, uh, it was the shareholder meeting, I think, and which sounds like, like this is a pretty by-the-book event normally, and I think it was like 45 minutes late or something. Anyway, even us, we we, we are like, the biggest, like Tesla, we cover Tesla as close as it gets, it, and even for the first time, I might like not be live right when it starts at 7, because, I mean, it's my girlfriend's birthday today, and we have a birthday party. And if I don't show up, yep. my excuse is Doghouse. I'm watching uh, a Tesla recruiting event. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have a girlfriend after that. So, but we're going to still try to cover the best we could uh, as, after I come back. So it sounds like, I mean, it might start at 10 p.m. or something like that. So if it, if it does start at 10 p.m., I think I'm, I'm going to be fine. But we, we're going to cover it the best we can. And so what what to expect from from this event here uh today and I can I just I haven't posted it in the podcast post just yet but um you you can go on on Electrek right now we have the Tesla and AI day like news hub where we have our expectation in there and you can access the live stream directly from there and at the end here we're going to post all the news coverage coming out of the based on all the most important news that comes out of the event but yeah, what to expect? Like, like I said, if what is AI Day really? Because um, if you ask different people, they have all different answers for for what it is. Like if you ask that the Tesla fan, it's gonna be old Tesla is gonna show people how close they are to delivering a full self driving system and a humanoid robot, a functional, useful humanoid robot. Because I mean, we've seen plenty of humanoid robot over the years, and uh, the usefulness hasn't been quite there. Then you ask the naysayer, and it's another just stock pumping event to show products that are nowhere near ready, and Tesla is just trying to pump that stock and all that. And then you ask Tesla themselves, and, and especially Elon Musk, and, and the event is just a recruiting event for, for Tesla's AI program, basically. And the truth is in the middle of all that, probably, because while I'm sure that it is, the main goal is a recruiting event, it is a publicly live stream uh, update on some very important products that Tesla deliver, delivers, including ones that 
the, like the full self-driving package uh, is, is something that the owners, the Tesla owners or something that they're looking at closely because a lot of them have already purchased it. And now they want to, they are like, Hey, uh, when do I get this? Uh, so that's going to be the biggest update here. And Seth and I, we were talking about them, about that earlier. And I think for Tesla as a company, from a business standpoint, one of the most important thing probably that he can do with this um, AI day event, uh, other than like maybe they surprise everyone in this 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 robot is not a letdown and it is, it's actually functional and we can actually see a path to to Tesla producing this thing uh, somewhat shortly. And it, it's useful in a factory setting and potentially even as a consumer product. Okay, maybe like that. This is a big maybe that if that happens, yes, that's going to be the, the headline for, for everyone. Sure. But uh, from a business standpoint, the focus on we've been saying for a long time, it should be on full self-driving. And if we were just talking full self-driving is now $15,000 in the U.S., $19,500 in Canada. The package is extremely expensive. It's becoming harder and harder to sell for Tesla because the the it's not that useful yet. Depending on who you ask, obviously, but from my own experience, it's not it doesn't add much to the experience. It adds anything other than stress, really. It has stress, it feels like work when I'm using it. Uh, sometimes it works great and everything, and it does the same thing that Autopilot does on the highway, where it does remove some of the tasks. Uh, related to driving and adds to your focus on safety that's great but most of the time it's just it's just not that but if at this event tesla stands there and like shows a clear path of being close to delivering a full self-driving product that is truly full self-driving that tesla is like yes we're going to be ready to take responsibility for the system it's we're not going to dump the responsibility on the driver we're going to take it and if something bad happens, it's on us because the car was driving. And then whether or not you actually have to pay attention or not, that's going to be dependent on regulation and everything. So that's going to change depending on the market. But we they think we are working towards that and we're taking responsibility for it. That's the big step, obviously. If Tesla says that and, and with credibility at the event by showing demonstration and all that, then... Tesla as a bank of millions of customers that might decide to actually buy that feature. Uh, so so this, this is a this is major because we know right now Tesla has literally has millions of customers out there that don't that didn't buy full self-driving package. And so far they've been proven right. <laughs> so far that was the best decision for, for the most part. So now Tesla could instantly sells sell billions of dollars worth of products by just convincing people like you should buy this now because again uh elon is going to likely reiterate that the the price is going to even though it's fifteen thousand dollars right now it's going to keep going up uh, as they get closer to a true full self-driving system what do you think I about feel, that Sam? yeah so uh starting at the end the, the price i kind of feel like tesla thinks about um, full self-driving as it's the only company working on the problem or the only company that's going to be able to solve the problem. And we already know like, uh, you know, Google with Waymo and, and Chevy with Cruz and, you know, we've seen some pretty impressive stuff from Mercedes and Good there's a bunch of China too. Yeah. China stuff as well. Um, it kind of feels like that calculation might not be correct. Like they're, you know, Tesla at one point is going to get, Full self-driving, right? 
but I don't know if they're going to be the first and, and they're certainly not going to be the only uh, player in town. So if they're charging a hundred thousand dollars for their, you know, or whatever, you know, Elon Musk is imagining he can get for it. What if Google's selling it for less or almost nothing? And, you know, they, they take you to, you know, advertise, you know, they use it for some other purpose. So what if, you know, Google sells their stuff in Polestar and, you know, Elon's trying to sell a hundred thousand dollar full self-driving package and Google's selling it for 5,000 or something. And Chevy's selling, you know, bolts with full self-driving. I don't know that, like, I don't know that those numbers work out. I mean, it does, it just doesn't seem like, uh, Elon's got the whole, like, he certainly thinks that Tesla's going to be the only company to figure out full self-driving or, you know, he, he definitely thinks uh, Tesla is going to be the first. And I guess, you know, in that window of time that perhaps Tesla can be the first, it will be worth a, a premium, but I don't know that it's going to be worth a huge premium. So I guess long story short, I don't know that it's worth the investment money that you're, you know people are putting in, like they're investing 15000 for a point at time in the future where this is going to be worth like, $30,000. Also, your car is going to be old at that time, at that point anyway. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, it makes sense. I mean, that being said, you and I both have, uh, put money in. Uh, I think I put 6,000 or five or 6,000 mm-hmm. when I bought my Model Y. Um, and I still haven't got even full self driving beta mm-hmm. yet. So I'm a little disappointed about that. But, uh, and I have the 90, 94 score. So I don't know what's happening. And I did go over 100 miles. With the pod? Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, but back to AI Day, I, I agree as with you as well that they need to focus on full self-driving entirely. My my point, my the way I'm looking at this is like Elon's kind of doing a Hail Mary where they need to get all the, a, the best AI talent in the universe together at Tesla mm. to try to figure out how to make you know, general purpose AI work so that, um, you know, the robots are cool and important, but like, he's also betting, uh, full self-driving on general purpose AI. <laughs> are, you, are you, are you trying to say that Tesla is trying to develop a general purpose AI, like a general artificial intelligence to complete the work that they've been doing on, right. uh, on full self-driving, on, on the full self-driving package? I kind of feel like that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> that, that's a, I, when it comes, it's not, it's not, that's the thing, it's not even that wild, but like, if, if you talk about conspiracy theories, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. Well, how else imagine? is Tesla going to do it? Because <laughs> they, they don't have radar, they don't have LiDAR, they have to, they have to have a brain, right? Like, they have to be... But you're, uh, you're talking about like, the, the greatest achievement of, that humanity yes. would ever would ever have right. like creating a general artificial intelligence yeah. and the the driving factor to create it would be to deliver a pro a, a product, product that Tesla is not capable of delivering right now with narrow artificial intelligence that's right um, but to be fair i don't think you need general artificial intelligence to solve full self driving you can right. like it's special it's, it's not that it's yeah. complicated driving is like humans are even though they crash all the time, they kill themselves and whatnot. They're still like we 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 have incredible ability for for driving, a somewhat complicated task to do. Uh, but I think it can be replicated with narrow AIs. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's a fun theory to have. Um, 
No, I, I think Tesla can get there. It's just it, right now, based on what we're seeing with the full self-driving beta, there, there's just there's so there's such a wide spectrum of experience with full self-driving beta that uh, like some people, I, some of them, I'm not I'm not interesting that they're these they look at it with uh, pink colored glasses. I think they they literally have a better experience than other people, especially in California. I think a lot of people in California have a, have a much better experience than people outside of California for all the reasons we discussed before. They have a lot more training data from the, from that market and roads differ uh, in different markets. But still, uh, Tesla's goal is to have something that it's to solve the computer vision and, and behavioral problem so that you can have a system that purely based on vision can drive a car uh, and, and some like a human and you, you can drop a human from Quebec and put it in California and for the most part they're gonna be able to drive uh, so yeah it's 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 a massive issue and uh, Tesla is losing credibility on it fast like super fast so this I, I think the main goal of AI day for Tesla should be like to regain some credibility to, with full self-driving, how they're gonna do that? I'm not. I'm not so sure because they have the opportunity to do that with every full self-driving beta update that they do, and uh, they they don't do it that much. I feel like I feel they don't gain a lot of credibility with each update. Now, with the robot, because of course the robot's gonna be big news. I think too. What, what what do you expect to see with the robot set? Well, there's definitely gonna be some hands, right? <laughs> you know, there's gonna be hands. Um, I don't know. I. Like we haven't even seen like it's it's not trivial to get a robot to walk like that took a long time and you know Honda and what General Dynamics and and all those companies making robots like were pretty excited when they got a, a robot to walk mm-hmm. so if they can do that that's an that's an impressive first step um, and obviously you know some some like simple movements will probably be nice but. Uh, yeah, I don't know about just the hands. Like that's that's like third no, grade. No, I, I would actually say that the hands might be the most difficult part. So this this is what the the video that Tesla released last night, and these are apparently the ends of the the robot. Now, of course, that all, all the fingers except for the thumb seems to be connected right now, but that might just be the angle. And yeah, the end uh, end is, is a fairly complex. Like it was developed over a million of years, and and it's what makes us so dominant, like the opposable thumb and all that. But we haven't we have seen some very like there's there's a few things like you said walking is one of them. I think that's we we see other people solve solve that. I think Tesla can get there. I think it's a combination more that would be impressive is like how good are their hands. The three things: how good are are their hands. How good is the software? And obviously, we know that Tesla wants to improve that over time, just like they did with the car. So I, I assume that we're going to see some demonstration based that are like closed loop demonstration that are have been practiced by by the robot and by the team to make it like look good. So I wouldn't I wouldn't expect Tesla to be ready to have just a robot that you can just throw a bunch of different tasks at and it's going to be good to perform. I think those are going to be rehearsed um, demonstration for the purpose of this event. Um, so that, but to see a path, Tesla or releasing a path of like how that can improve into a system, much like full self-driving really, where it's actually useful uh, for the end user, even if the end user is a, is in the commercial industrial application. And 
then it, it it's gonna be uh the battery take the battery is not solved thing here I, I think like for 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 a vehicle of of that uh format here which is apparently a five eight and 125 pounds which is what they want to have the robot rough i'm sure they're gonna update those specs because that was a year ago and they were very little work done on the robot back, back then uh but let's say it's around that to have a, a functional battery pack a battery pack that allow for like a decent use time is not trivial really like you're gonna have uh this is gonna be um power extensive energy extensive product here like all the different actuator in there 40 different electromechanical actuator apparently just like four by hands or something like that four, that's not 12 no 12 in the hand so six each um yeah that that requires a lot of power, and uh, but I would assume that it's, a robot can still be useful even if you have like if you have like some kind of decent like fast charging capability on this. I'm not talking about like 200 kilowatt uh, or something like that, but uh, you you can have like an automated charging like you can walk back to the robot can walk back to a, a charging station and charge itself. You you still need to have like a, I don't know what makes sense like a uh, a full shift. Like a full like eight hour shift, like replacing a robot an eight hour shift, and then you can charge it for two hours, and then you can go back to work for another eight hour shift. I mean, I feel like if you're working, you just plug plug it in, or you know, put a yeah. wire on. Yeah, if it can work around a wire, and that would make sense. But ultimately, you still want to have some wireless time, right? For sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're right about that. But yeah, so there's there's a lot of things that need to be solved here. So. But the, a big breakthrough for Tesla would be uh, on the robotics side of things, of course, w- would be like very functional ends and some uh, a whole packaging that can be powered efficiently. And obviously, then the software that, that goes behind it. But I don't think we're going to see anything quite significant on that front other than like very well rehearsed uh, demonstration. Those are those are pretty much my expectation for the event today. Oh, and of course, there's the dojo program. Uh, the dojo program last time out, we saw the chip and the tile. I would expect to see a full cluster this time. And Tesla start explaining how they're going to use it uh, to accelerate the full self driving program, and ultimately Tesla Optimus too. All right, so there, there's a lot of catalysts for Tesla in the next uh, 24 hours, really. There's this this AI day, but it's also the end of the quarter, and Tesla is going to announce their deliveries most likely tomorrow morning, and uh, it's going to be a big one, uh, that's for sure. We reported earlier this week that um, Tesla is expecting a very high volume of deliveries uh, right now, basically over the last few days of the of the quarter, and today they, uh, they requested that non-employees uh, that are not in the delivery and sales department to come help out for deliveries because again this is going to be another delivery wave at the end of the quarter but though we're supposed to be past that uh it still uh, it still happens so we reported on that earlier this week and um there's undoubtedly it's going to be a delivery beat like there's there's no doubt like tesla's last previously record uh, previous record was 310,000 units delivered in q1 that went down a little bit in q2 because of the Gigafactory Shanghai shut down, but and that still had an impact, by the way, in Q3. So it's not like uh, smooth sailing completely in Q3, but it picked up enough that we are assuming a delivery beat. And uh, I looked at all the estimates, and most estimates place the deliveries in Q3 between 350 and 370,000. 
So depending on if it's on the lower side or the higher side of that, we, we, we're going to see if it's going to be a, a beat or not. But it's definitely going to be a new record, a new delivery record. And I'm hearing a lot of things too right now about Q4, like going into Q4. And uh, it does sound like Tesla is going to have a giant Q4. Uh, a lot of expectation put the deliveries like over 400, 450,000 units. You think they can get to half a million? Uh, there was a, a Reuters report today, but I, I, I'm taking and leaving a lot of those Reuters report. Like, there's a lot of them that came out last a few months with Reuters regarding Tesla that they don't really make any sense, and then they turn out not to be true. So I don't know. But Reuters came out today and like Tesla's going to produce half a million Model Three, Model Y in Q4. Uh, so that would put with Model S and Model X that that would put them well over five hundred thousand units in Q4. That sounds like a, a, a too big of a ramp up to me, yeah. but something between like 450, 400 to 475 total with Model S and X, that would make more sense to me. And that would, that would still be a giant ramp up in production. Like that would be, uh, that would be huge. Um, oh, I'm still, I'm still on that. But yeah, so it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, we we also reported on Tesla at the end of the quarter. Apparently, they're doing a lot of large fleet deliveries, and this is a new phenomenon for Tesla that didn't really happen before. I mean, Tesla always had fleet orders over time, but nothing too big since uh, uh, until the the Hertz order, of course, hundred thousand vehicles that were supposed to be delivered over two years. Uh, and since then, Tesla had a ton of other fleet orders. Uber asking for uh, another fifty thousand units through the uh, another Hertz deal. And then Avis is buying cars. Enterprise is buying cars. Autonomy, the EV subscription service, is buying a lot of cars too. They were talking about 10,000 earlier this year, but then they placed a big 23,000 order uh, for all the electric vehicles basically that are going to be available in the U.S. market over the next few years. But Tesla got the bulk of it with like another 8,000 units. And um, yeah, we had sources at Tesla that said like this, this quarter, like basically... Because, you know, with Tesla's model, like when, when Tesla does things to accelerate deliveries at the end of the quarters, a lot of people are just, especially the naysayers, of course, are like, hey, is this a diamond problem? It's it's never a diamond problem. Like, we'll, we'll tell you when it's a diamond problem. The naysayers, like, you've been, you've been wrong too many times about the diamond problem to have any credibility on this. Let us, the, the, the Tesla fans who are not, like, out there, like some of them, let us tell you when this can be a diamond problem, please. Um it's not one yet. It, it, what, what it is is more like at the end of the quarter, you, you have some mix, mix match between the production allocation and uh, the actual orders on deliveries for the different variants of all the different models. That's the biggest issue here. Uh, but what Tesla has found uh, useful at the end of the quarters now is that with those large fleet deliveries that they have, and a lot of them, Hertz has been more on the side of like oh, getting the cheapest Model 3s that they can. But they've been convinced earlier this year to have the Model Y, even though it's like 20% more expensive than the Model 3, to their fleet uh, at the end of last quarter because of that. And now the same thing is happening this quarter where Tesla is delivering more cars uh, that are just not matching the production allocation uh, or the orders, I should say, uh, to to those fleet deliveries. So th- that's extremely useful for Tesla. Uh, they're just like they call up Hertz and they're like, hey. You have uh, you want a lot of cars like we have this is this is this that they're just not matching any orders right now. You want to take them, and uh, often they do. And uh, we talked to Autonomy too, Scott Painter, the CEO of uh, Autonomy. We have the EV subscription service uh, trying to beat the Tesla lease, 
and uh, they uh, they were expecting 500 cars in just the last few days of the of the quarter. After they used to take about 200 vehicles a week from Tesla, uh, but then it kind of dried up um, in the last few months, in the last two months, because the Tesla Fremont factory shift production because of Q, the, the the problem that Tesla had uh, in China. The, uh, the China is responsible for a lot of the export in Europe, and when it's not capable to do that, the Fremont take up the slack, basically. So that affects the U.S. market, and you might see that a little bit uh, with uh, like August deliveries. Like, if, so sometimes it comes out uh, some of the registration based on the registration because Tesla doesn't deliver, doesn't release month to month data. So be on the lookout for some stories about hey, Tesla's sales in the U.S. drop forty percent in August or something like that. Uh, that that's going to come out probably in the next few weeks. But when you account for September and everything together, it's probably going to be very similar to what Tesla did last year or something like that um, because Tesla is catching up this month. But yeah, this, these new fleet delivery, deliveries are very useful for Tesla. There's no, there's, there's no doubt about it. They'll be able to squeeze all of them at the end of quarters like that. All right. Used car business... And that's something that uh, people are sleep- that are analysts that are that are watching Tesla might be slipping on here. Just how big of Tesla's used car business is becoming. And we caught a comment here from Mr. Jimmy Douglas. He's a direct- director of uh, sales and delivery operation at Tesla, where he said that uh, most people don't realize that Tesla runs its own vertically integrated nationwide online used car retailer. It is as big as some publicly traded used car retailers. You've definitely heard of, sorry, despite no Super Bowl commercials or wacky, waving, inflammable, harm, flailing tube men. Jeez, that's hard to say. Wacky, waving, inflatable, arm, flailing tube men. Um, I looked it up just for fun. <laughs> like some of the bigger uh, used car retailers that are publicly traded. And uh, Carvana and Autonation are, are specifically worth four and six billion dollars. So I assume that's what he's talking about. Tesla having basically a four to six billion dollar used car business, and he might not be wrong. Of course, we cannot confirm that with actual number because in the in its public filing in, the, in its revenue uh, in its income statement, Tesla doesn't break down its used car business. It's part of the same line at item called service and other. Uh, which is like extremely vague. It can account for a lot of other things. It doesn't account for the energy things. Like, that's separately too. But service and others. So I would assume that's mainly service and used car. Uh, maybe a few other things, but uh, I wouldn't think um, that it would be significant. So, in uh, that last quarter alone was one point four billion dollars. So, let's say that used car accounts for less than half of that. That's still like seven hundred million dollars. <laughs> In, in a quarter, uh, so with with uh, just a very like small multiplier, you can make that a multi-billion-dollar business. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, not even with the multiple because that's that's a single quarter. So I would assume that Tesla might be selling like close to a billion dollars worth of used car a quarter at this point, which is which is wild. But there's a very good reason for that, and it links back to full self-driving, which is pretty crazy. Uh, if you remember a few years ago. Tesla announced that they wouldn't allow people that lease their car to buy it back at the end of the lease, which has been a, a common practice for a long time. And actually, a high percentage of Tesla leaser, leasey, Tesla leasey, yeah. yeah, Tesla leasey would buy back your, their car at the end of their lease. 
but then Tesla decided we won't let people do that on Model 3 and Model Y anymore. Um, or Model Y. Is, is there even a lease for Model Y right now? Uh, I don't even know. If, I don't think there is. Um, but if there is, you cannot do it. And the reason that Elon Musk gave at the time is that we're coming up with the Tesla network the, or Uber-like service with self-driving car. And we want to build up a fleet with that. It makes more sense for us to build up the fleet with used cars. So we're going to keep those cars as they buy back to build up our Tesla network fleet to deliver a Uber-like service with self-driving. That never happened, of course, because Tesla still has yet to deliver the full self-driving capability. But what it did give them, it gave them a giant inventory of used car because every time the car would come off the lease. And then somehow, I don't, if, if that was done on purpose, that was just pure genius. Uh, the used car market now is booming like crazy because of the supply chain issues uh, that are limiting the new car output. So, of course, that affects the used car market positively in terms of pricing. Um, prices for now used Tesla are through the roof and Tesla control like the vast majority of the inventory. And like significant amount, like every quarter, like they have like tens of thousands of cars that come off their leases, and Tesla can like just sell down on the used market and make hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars. It's uh, it, it's wild. So Jimmy uh, Jimmy Douglas is on is onto something here with his comment, and uh, he said that in relation to a new job listing because the used car team is expanding. Uh, in the U.S. trying to get more people to work on the used car business. I'm a used car Tesla owner. My first Tesla was a, a used Model S signature P85, which I still have. First Tesla del- first Tesla Model S delivered in Canada. A little, little bragging there? A little bit. A little humble brag. Um, all right, the Cybertruck... All right, well, on the 30-minute mark right now, we have still a bunch of news items to discuss. We're going to get try to get to them a little bit faster here. Uh, but if you guys have any questions uh, for us, you can put them in the comment section right now on the live stream, and we're going to try to respond to them by the end of the show. If you have any like subject in the EV space you want us to talk about or any specific question on the subject that we are already discussing, uh, if you're on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever you're watching right now, we're going to get your comment on this stream right here. All right, Elon went on uh, the Twitter, as he always does, to talk about the Cybertruck. And this was not like a, 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 a response to uh, a question from, from, from a Twitter user, which most of his interaction on Twitter is, is, is like that. This is actually like a single tweet that he just tweeted out, out there just to let people know this is going to be a feature. And I have to think, I think Elon read my post on, on Electric that morning because that For morning sure. I, reported, I reported on an amphibious... Uh, vehicle, electric vehicle coming out, a truly amphibious electric vehicle coming out, and then he decided to tweet that out for some reason after that. So I, I kind of think that it might be related uh, to that because he tweeted that the Cybertruck will be, I'm quoting here, will be waterproof enough to serve briefly as a boat so it can cross <laughs> rivers, briefly. lakes, and even <laughs> seas that aren't too choppy. And then he added to his own tweet as a subtweet, Needs to be able to get from Starbase to South Padre Island, which requires crossing the channel. He's talking about the Brazos San Diego Pass here. Um, some people like look at the map and like try like to see like you're literally starting from Starbase and going all the way to the South Padre Island. I don't think he's talking about that because that's quite a ride. Like that's like several kilometers in in the water. 
uh, the the Bravos Pass, like you you can still drive on these lands here. You can even see like like those structures. So you can drive all the way here, or all the way here, and try to to cross through the through the beach here, or through or through here, and that's only about a thousand something feet, so about three hundred meters. So it's not it's not that bad. I think that's feasible. But of course, Ivan got roasted for his tweet because, as some of you may know. It's, Tesla vehicles are already known not to be quite waterproof. There's been a lot of issue with the trunks. There were, there's been a lot of issues with uh, uh, like the, the trunks getting getting water in, but also uh, just um, the bumper. The bumper thing has been a big problem. Like people have been bom- falling, their bumper been falling off if they're just driving into a little puddle of water and it creates some pressure and the bumper just falls off. That has been a like a common issue. Uh, so people are like, you cannot even waterproof your current cars for like puddles. Like, how do you think you're gonna survive here um, into like actual like crossing rivers and things like that? To play devil's advocate, I think the Cybertruck is gonna have uh, an advantage in the design with the monocoque uh, exoskeleton design. That it's probably gonna be easier to make that fully waterproof at the bottom, at least going up to the bed. And uh, yes, you're gonna probably be able to use it like a, slowly as a as a boat. It's not impossible, but I wouldn't recommend it. And Elon tweeting things like that, you open yourself to trouble because I'm sure in the warranty, there's gonna it's not gonna say the same thing that Elon right. says on Twitter. But then if someone tries to do it, and then something bad has happened to the car or the truck in right. this case, and I can see people try to make the case like, "Hey, well, Elon tweeted that." What's the method of propulsion though in this thing? The wheels. I think that's why he says like nothing too choppy or anything like that. Like you need you need the car to be able there and just like with the wheels like create some small propulsion. Like you can, it's not, it's not, it's going to be like maybe like two or three knots. I think like it's not like, well, it's not. I mean, if the wheels go underwater, which I think it, they would have to, yeah, they're not like the wheels would have to be like partially out of water to, to be able to make any, cause you know, the downward part, the bottom part is, which pushes back, but the upward part pushes forward. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't, if you need to do some boating in your vehicle, I, I wouldn't really Bet on the uh, Cybertruck, to be honest. You use that amphibious, so is it called? Uh, it's called the Argo Atlas EV. Go, go check it out on that track. That's an yeah. actual amphibious that looks, uh, vehicle. That looks like a good one. Yeah, $50,000, though. Have you ever Same taken price. one of those duck boat adventures? Like uh, they, no. like in San Francisco or whatever, they have these like army vehicles that are half boat, half car. No, they look, no. look kind of like that. Though. It could yeah. kind of a harm and Phoebe's vehicle. Yep. Uh, a lot of people had a, an interesting take too. Like uh, they were, they were saying to, that's probably the first time that Tesla engineers that are working on a cyber truck ever heard of that feature requirement on the cyber truck, which is supposedly going to enter production and within the next six months. So, I feel like Elon said something about it like three years ago. Yeah, he did. He did talk about it being, but it, n- not. Like, like you're like that is setting is setting up a requirement that it's going to be able to cross rivers, lakes, and even like before he said like oh you can use the car like as a boat for like very short periods of times and things like that, but never like that specific. Like he said, needs to be able to get from Starbase to South right. Island, which we car crossing the channel. So he's telling like this sounds like this is going to be the test. Like you're going to have to bring the, the the truck there and like test that out. Um, well. Yeah, roll A20 is a good point, too. Uh, Saltwater is terrible for everything, stainless steel or not. 
Uh, yeah, right. Stanley Steel is better for sure, but yeah, I wouldn't. It's, it's not good either. <laughs> no. All right, this and was a cool story. Well, go ahead. Then, I was going to say it's there? a stainless steel exoskeleton, but the other parts aren't all going to be stainless steel. Yeah, good point. So the last shipment of cold arrived in Hawaii. Uh, we reported on that a few months ago that uh, there's a Tesla Megapack project being developed by um, uh, the uh, what's the Hawaiian grid company? Um, Hawaiian Electric and Plus Power, I think it's called the company that's developing it. And they're using Tesla Megapacks on this project that you can see on the screen here. And uh, Elon had an interesting point to make where he said that the, the last shipment, because there's a port right next to the last shipment of coal, and also there's, there's a coal plant, uh, arrive at the same time as uh, a sh- the last shipment the, of uh, Megapack, of Tesla Megapack, because they keep being adding to that project over the last few months and it's supposed to be completed like relatively soon because the last coal plant in hawaii with this last shipment of coal that they're going to use uh is going to shut down soon apparently it was going to shut down this month so i assume they're going to extend it a little bit sooner because the project is taking a little bit longer but this is uh A 565 megawatt hour project with 158 megapacks. So it's on the bigger size for sure. It's the, one of the biggest projects uh, yet. Um, so, uh, but once it's completed, it's going to be able to perform uh, some uh, grid stabilization and uh, maintain the grid frequency so that uh, you, you can have better use of the renewable energy, which is already dominating the grid in Hawaii. It's just that solar and wind it's not uh, always consistent so you have you need to have energy storage to back it up and uh, you're gonna have a half a gigawatt hour here of energy storage to do that so good one now why they're gonna they're gonna great path for their goal to be 100 percent renewable by uh 2045 tesla supercharger prices so we talked about europe last week where the prices have been going up like crazy uh, now California is getting a significant price hike, and not just a price hike, but also like California is kind of a com- complete. The, the, it's a very popular market for Tesla vehicles, so a lot of superchargers are extremely busy, and Tesla has been using peak enough peak hours uh, to incentivize people to use the, the supercharger station more on off peak hours. And now they're going even further. It's not it used to be just peak and off peak, so it's basically a all day is peak hour and then between let's say like 10 p.m until like 8 a.m you have uh, off peak hours but now they are doing like a bunch of different tiers so you have a bunch of places that are still two tiers like that but there's places that are three tiers there's places that are four tiers of time between them um, different pricing so it can be like 20 cents a kilowatt hour between uh, 12 a.m to uh let's say 6 a.m and then between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m., uh, you have another pricing. Let's say 50, uh, 25 cents. And then the price go up until it's peak hours in the afternoon and early evening. And then it goes back down and so forth. So you, uh, if you are in California and you have a Tesla vehicle, click on your local supercharger station to look at exactly what the prices are. But they most likely went up this week. And uh, one or one or two tiers of off-peak and on-peak hours have been added. So something to keep an eye on, but it's not cheap anymore to, uh, to well, it's cheaper than the tank of gas is for sure, especially in California, but it's not uh, exactly inexpensive. 
And as always, we'll always say like this is definitely a, something to keep an eye on and everything, but it's not that big of an issue because most of the charging happen at homes. But then every time we say that, we also get the message from uh, the, the the few people that do rely solely on the supercharger for charging because they don't have access to charging at home. And people, we know you exist. We know it's the case. And we commend you for doing it, for going electric without home charging situation because it is uh, a, a braver um decision to make there's no doubt about it because it's not as convenient and we are sorry for you guys that the price are going up but unfortunately you're not like the bulk of the new cars the new car buyers like that's just not the case so there should be solutions for you that there's no doubt about it and we we're going to report on those as they, they become um reality but for the most for most people it's not a big problem Tesla has a new board member mr joe Gebia, Mr. Joe Gebia, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, better known as the co-founder of Airbnb. A big fan of Airbnb. Been using the platform for a long time. Big user. And uh, he's not involved on the company now on an operational level. He, he left that role last uh, earlier this year uh, to focus on other things, including being on, board, on boards of a bunch of companies. And now he's adding Tesla to that uh, list of companies. Uh, we don't know if he invested in the company because he, he's a very rich uh, gentleman uh, with a net worth estimated at $7 billion. Uh, so he most likely, I would think, invested in Tesla. That's how he got the born seat because he doesn't have any known relation to Tesla or Elon Musk other, other than that. Uh, and most of the board members until recently have been have had some sort of relation to to elon even larry ellison that was like <laughs> larry ellison was kind of uh appointed as an independent board members but then we we find out that there he's buddy buddy with elon and texting to him about the twitter deal and all that and like they're throwing millions of dollars around too i Billy mean unless all, unless unless they've been that relationship developed after he came on the board that's that's possible too that possible. Elon, Elon is on the board, so they have to hang out sometimes and maybe the, the relationship develop it like that. And the whole Twitter thing happened definitely after that too. So I don't know. Maybe that's the case. Um, yeah, so what this guy, what can this guy bring to the board here? Um, definitely has experience with scale, like growing a company from like a, a small thing to, to a bigger operation. Uh, also, if Tesla wants, if a lot of Tesla's business become the Tesla network, so operating like a Uber-like service with self-driving, this is kind of Airbnb. It's a lot like Airbnb too, because you have host and you have uh, guest. You ha- you have you're gonna have people putting their car on the Tesla network, like hosts are putting their house on the Airbnb network, and then you have guests. Or in Tesla's case, more more appropriately called riders, I guess they're going to ride into those those cars. So this is very much. I think I think even I think Elon called it like the goal of Tesla Network is going to be like uh, it's going to be Uber and Airbnb like mixed together. It's going to be like an app that is based on Uber and Airbnb. So having the guy that co-founded Airbnb on the board might help on on that front. But again, like the board is not operational. It's it's more of a it, it, it just guides the the company on a, a more bigger picture level. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much Mr. Gibia gets involved. Have you ever heard of the guy before? Yeah, I I knew that he was a, a Airbnb founder. Um, 
who's the other guy? Uh, Chesky or something? Chesky and Gebbia, and then they brought in another guy. Just, just a little bit of background on that, but nothing else. And he's a design like they met at uh, uh, Rhode Island School of Design. Yeah. So they're they're designers, which is kind of interesting. Usually, billionaires are not uh, designers by background. Yeah, they're engineer, but uh, you know, you ride that Airbnb boat to the fullest because uh, securing a seven billion dollar bag out of it is not easy. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on from Tesla news this week, um, the Aria, the Nissan Aria. If you care about that car at this point, like it lost, it lost all its momentum over the years. I mean, we literally had this exact discussion on the podcast last year, around this time last year, because last year. They announced the 2022 Nissan Aria coming to the U.S. with the pricing, with the variants and everything. And then the car never came. Uh, and, so, it, and it was already two years late at that point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If if not two years late based on Nissan's timeline, based on anyone's uh, expectation of the second all-electric Nissan, there it was 10 years late at right. that point. Uh, but yeah. Now, uh, take two on the pricing and availability of the Nissan Aria in the U.S., so supposedly coming this fall uh, to uh, Nissan dealership uh, across North America. And starting now at $43,109 uh, for the Engage four-wheel drive version front-wheel. with the 60 true... What? Front-wheel drive. Front, uh, yeah, front-wheel drive with the 63-kilowatt-hour battery pack, and it's... Uh, so it's $3,000 cheaper than what they announced last year, but last year they didn't announce a smaller battery pack version in the U.S. for it. So like this, this 62 kilowatt-hour battery pack here, which you can only have uh, in the Engage version, but you can have the front-wheel drive or the uh, E-Force, which is the what they call their full-wheel drive. So... It's basically a f- it's $4,000 more to have the all-wheel drive version. So $47,000 if you want to have the small battery pack uh, with the all-wheel drive. And uh, did, they see, did they release a range? I don't think they released a range for the for a small pack, but they did release uh, 304 miles of range. As, I don't think the EPA was released just yet, but I think that's what they assumed they're going to get for the EPA because that was on the U.S. release. And uh, that's for the ED7 kilowatt-hour battery pack. Uh, I would assume that that's for the front-wheel drive version because uh, generally the all-wheel drive version is a little bit less efficient. Uh, but if you want to get the big battery pack with front-wheel drive here, you do get a $47,000 price tag here, which is which is not bad for a car that's going to get over 300 miles of range here. Um, I think I think that uh, this here here like this these. These three, and then maybe like this, yeah, this one here too. That's that's where the area still has a chance to carve itself a little place on the market here. Because, like, if you compare this to like the uh, Audi to uh, uh, Etron Q4 or or the Model Y here, like the the space is more down market. Like the Model Y is still pretty expensive because Tesla doesn't offer a smaller battery pack option or uh, a non all wheel drive option. So. So these all all these options here are are, are very attractive uh, price wise at least, um, feature wise and all that. I mean, uh, have you have you had the chance to drive it? We, we, yeah. So um, Nissan actually brought us out to CES before COVID, so oh, twenty twenty, yeah, right. and we got to drive the E Force, uh, 
and it has this like uh for not four wheel steering but it it has like uh this torque steering control that's actually mm-hmm. pretty cool so we drove it around a track in northern vegas uh right near a, an air force base it was really cool like i think this is a really good car like from the outside it it's kind of disappointing because the uh, prototype was so much cooler and this kind of looks like a mixture between the prototype and a leaf um which you know i don't know uh and they're also showing this bronze color or what is this copper mm-hmm. and i think that's a polarizing color like if they had like a you know maybe you know just a, a more normal color or, or a matte color Anyway, uh, the interior of the Aria, I think, is really good. Like, I think they did a super job. It's very roomy in the back. Um, there's lots of space. It's a, it's a solid vehicle. It's just so late. It's like, you know, it's coming up on like five years late. Like, it should have been around a long time ago. And, you know, Nissan's not, this is not their first ball game here. So you have to wonder. I mean, obviously, the uh, Carlos Gozen thing, uh, probably played a big role in it mm-hmm. but you know even even losing him like they had plans to roll this thing out i don't i don't know what's going on behind the scenes size wise because uh, the other big competitor of course i think is going to be the id4 size wise how, how does it compare to the id4 you think i think it's a little bit bigger than the id4 really uh, oh i was gonna say the other way around okay it it certainly feels that way on the inside um yeah i was gonna say it's deceptively big on the inside let me let me pull up the actual uh yeah, I think maybe there's uh, area engines. And it's also like, it's got like this cool, um, you know, the wing in the back. It's a little bit like, I guess, you know, at the time it was novel, but like now Mustang's got it. A couple other cars, I think Kia as well. Okay, so yeah, it is a hundred millimeters longer than the ID4. It is um, fifty millimeters wider, and it is uh, roughly the same height. So yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a sli- it's slightly bigger than the than the ID4, but yeah, basically the same size. Though. 100 millimeters. It's it's ten centimeters. Yep, a little bit bigger. Yep. Price wise, it's probably the the most competitive too. I I would assume that part of the lateness, although they didn't know that really until last month. But uh, are they? You think you're going to be producing that in the U.S.? I mean, there's a lot of incentives. To do, I mean, yeah. there's 7,500 different incentives yeah. to do so. So, uh, I mean, they have a plant in the uh, in, in Mississippi, right outside Jackson. Is it? Is it? They also have one in Tennessee where they built the Leaf, but I don't know. And I mean, they used to have a whole like battery factory, but I think they sold that off. No, they, they well, they did announce, uh, I think, a seven hundred million dollars investment in Mississippi to produce electric vehicles. I think they never confirmed what they're going to produce. I don't know if it's going to be that, but I think the Mississippi plant is producing trucks. Dude. It's like, like like full size trucks or like NV? Uh, no, like the the Frontier or was okay. it the Nissan? Like the pickup truck that they have? Um, maybe not the Frontier, but one one of those. I think the smaller one of the two. I'm not a big truck guy. I don't know. Speaking of cheap, cheap electric vehicle, Tata Motors came out with the cheapest we've seen yet uh, outside of China, but it's still not in, in in 
and it's still in a developing country. Well, can you call can you call China develop, a developing country at this point? Not really. I don't know. They're developing. Everything. Every country is a developing country. Basically. They're developing really fast. <laughs> yeah, everything is developing. Uh, but yeah, Tata came out with this um, EV called the Tiago EV. It's so. I don't like their marketing at all. I don't know what's that about, but uh, I think because it's Tiago.ev, so I assume maybe like they got the domain name Tiago.ev and then they they go with it, some something like that. But uh, I don't like the branding. But it's this this small city car here that you see, but it's a, it's a four seater hatchback, uh, so it's not it's it's the decent size. And the battery, though, the battery, it's uh, reminiscent of like the Nissan Leaf uh, original pack because you have a 19.2 kilowatt pack and then a 24 kilowatt pack, which I is think the was Nissan the Nissan Leaf that small. The original like Nissan Leaf ago. was 24. Yeah. OK. The original one. Uh, but then that's what's interesting here. Look, so on the 24 kilowatt battery pack here on that little city car, uh, they claim to get a range of. Uh, where's the range here? 194 miles on a single charge, 315 kilometers. That is really optimistic. Yeah, the leaf on its 24 kilowatt hour pack was getting 73 miles, 117 kilometers. It was a bigger car for sure, but uh, this is this. I didn't know that the India has its own uh, driving cycle standard, modified Indian driving cycle. Uh, so I would assume that it's a. Uh, a little bit of an optimistic driving cycle. But yeah, you have a, a $10,000 car, really. That's uh, you, you get what you get from it. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the other side of the spectrum. So this is 100, what, 180 uh, miles or 100, no, 170. What is, what is the range? The, the 24 kilowatt pack is 194 miles, supposedly. It, it's right. probably going to get 100 miles, let's say. All right, so... Uh, the Range Rover that I drove uh, a couple weeks ago has a 38 kilowatt hour battery pack, so a huge battery pack, relatively yeah. speaking. It only gets 50 miles of range, so double the battery pack, less than half the range. Yeah, I've tripled the car. <laughs> yeah, quadruple. But but still, like I, you could fit a 38 kilowatt hour battery pack in that car if you wanted to. I For feel sure. like it's not, like I was I was comparing it to the. Uh, to the Tiger Orca, the jet ski that I tried, that, that has a 24 kilowatt battery pack, and it, you can fit two Orcas into that car. Like, if of course, if there was no interior or something. So, so yeah, yeah. the Hyundai Ionic Five. So no, the Hyundai Ionic, not five, like the old Prius looking one, um, got an update and it got a 38 kilowatt hour battery pack, and that one goes 180, some 190 miles. So. Mm. Theoretically possible, yeah. Because I feel like you could fit that at least as an option. Like you, know, you get the ten thousand dollar car with the nineteen kilowatt pack, get the twenty four kilowatt pack for like a fourteen thousand dollar car, but then make an eighteen thousand dollar car with a thirty kilowatt pack too. Then you'd cover the whole market there. Yeah. Well, of course, if you're in India, don't buy a car. Use public transport because the traffic there is already is already insane. Um. Hey, on the, yeah, or use a scooter or an electric bike. The uh, we we don't talk about uh, all electric aviation much these days, but uh, there's been a big step this week with aviation, which we, we reported before because of their Alice program, which is an interesting plane. 
I guess about 19 seats, going to be useful for short commercial flights. And uh, it, it, the program is getting a little bit more disappointing, though, with as, as it advanced. Because at first, they were talking about 600 miles of range, about 1,000 kilometers, which it's kind of significant. Like, you can cover a lot of distance with that. Um, then they revised it uh, last year to 440 miles of range. So, bringing down a lot and now they had a big step this week in moose lake washington they had their first flight so the actual first flight of the plane it, it, it took off flew around landed everything went great zero mission all battery powered so very cool stuff but now they're talking about a range of 250 miles <laughs> so, mm. so the range keeps going down uh i assume that's uh, just their expectation the reality didn't, didn't meet their expectation in terms of like how much battery they could fit in there uh, what kind of energy density they could reach and all that. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But they do say that 30% of the flights out there are less than 250 miles. So uh, that sounds a bit weird to me, but I can believe it. Uh, it's still a minority of the flight. But if you can cover all of them with with uh, zero emissions planes, then you, you you made a big dent in the in the industry in terms of emissions. So... That's still good. And obviously, as battery technology improves, energy density improves, you're going to have all electric planes, battery powered with longer range. So it's going to play out. And companies like Aviation, we're, we're already positioning themselves to have a whole package, all electric plane. We have electric propulsion and everything. And they just they, they attach themselves basically on improvement to battery technology. They're going to be well prepared for when it does happen. That's basically what Tesla's model when they first started. They were like, we're going to package and energy car and as battery technology improve we're gonna have a better and better product yeah aviation i think they were originally from israel but they moved to the, the seattle area and they oh, use really? that and they use the same uh motor as uh it's called like matrix or something um, oh same, yeah is that same Siemens? motor no it's it's like a startup um mm. but they so i think they use semen battery packs but mm. um the harbor air um uh, company is doing an electric uh, seaplane that mm-hmm. uh, goes from like uh, Vancouver to Vancouver Island and you know all kinds of areas around Seattle. Um, so it's interesting because they're both using the kind of the same motors, um, but they're you know one is a passenger land plane and one's kind of a, a seaplane. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that these two companies are kind of, you know, things are happening in the same area and they're probably, you know, exchanging engineers and ideas and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to see this happen. Yeah, I agree. All right. We're all done for the news this week, everyone. So we can jump into the comment section if we have any questions. Yeah. Ask quick, quickly. Uh, we're, we mm-hmm. don't have a ton in here today. Um, let's see. First one. Uh, we were talking about the uh, so David Kasman for crying out loud. We're going to see a whole person robot walking using hands and doing useful stuff. All right. So. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, uh, but maybe, we're going to see a, a whole humanity robot. I think they're going to have some kind of working prototype. But uh, I think that any kind of useful stuff it's going to do, I think it's going to be like a, a closed loop demonstration that's been rehearsed. I don't think it's kind of robot that you're going to be able to just take it and drop it somewhere else. It's going to be able to replicate that. That's yeah. that's just my guess. I would, I'd be happy to be uh, 
wrong on that. All right, Roller20 says, I want a standard range Model Y for 41000 in the U.S. like the one in Europe. Uh, yep. Also China as well, right? The only thing is that there's also there's a lot of people that are happy with the the sixty thousand dollars model Y right now, and they are buying plenty of them. So right. Tesla is just not in a hurry to do that. Uh, all right, yeah, salt water is terrible for everything. Mm. All right, uh, Carl in San Diego, I think, says theory that Elon thinks he needs general purpose AI because FFD is impossible to complete is reasonable. There we go. There's one other person. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you that what it, it it sounds crazy. It it's it's still it's still as things that makes it believable because of what's happening. So I, I don't think it's what's happening exactly, but it it's and it sounds crazy, but it's it's not too far fetched either. It's right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So he concludes. I think it's bonkers, but so is Elon. Yeah. All right. Uh. Estancelo Geralt says FSD is already a beast and the amount of data from the miles already driven by Tesla is huge. All right. Yeah, well, to to that point, like, there was like 10,000 user FSD beta at first and then in October of last year, it grew like crazy. We went to 100,000. So a lot of people were like, with all that new data coming in, the improvement are going to be faster. But the truth is, over the last year, the improvement have not been faster to the FSD beta. So, um, that that that's been a big, very discouraging for for me. But may, maybe they can turn this around. Maybe they were not optimized the how they treat the data just yet. The higher around the data, so I don't know. Maybe what happened? All right, uh, Whistler to Victoria Zero Emissions Harbor Air. Yep, that's the company that's doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, they're one of their routes is Whistler. They also fly to Seattle and all over the area hmm. all right uh eric williams question will we see the roadster robo taxi or cyber truck what do you predict so that's at ai day today I, I meant to ask you what do you think uh cyber truck or hopefully roadster or robo i mean i think i think the roadster and the cyber truck might be there just as a uh, you know they always have some Props. of the prototypes they have to to just to, to look to look just to look at them. So I think it might be that. I don't think we're going to get any significant update on the Roadster or the Cybertruck. Robotaxi might be, but that's such a tricky one. Uh, I would assume that Robotaxi is going to have its own unveiling. I would be surprised, but not impossible, that they could unveil it today. Yeah, I don't think Elon would tell people not to, you know, it's going to be highly technical and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I would be very surprised if it happened ha- today. But they might talk about it a little some bit. Some details, some hints and clues, perhaps. But the big problem with the robot taxi is like, it's one thing that throws a wrench into the full self driving uh, program for all the existing vehicles because it's going to be a purpose built self driving vehicle, which goes completely against the full self driving program. Whereas like. All our vehicles have the cameras, have the computer. We just solve vision, computer vision, and uh, self-driving behavior. And it's in in your car. Your car is going to be full self-driving. It goes against. We're going to build a car that all all the sensor, all the like specifically for uh, a robot taxi self-driving platform. So Tesla talking about that while they talk about the full self-driving program, it's like it's going to throw doubt in people's mind. Are they going to actually achieve it on my own car, which they're trying to sell you? for $15,000. Uh, all right. Bike Angelus says, question, is there a risk to buying a Tesla 
with a salvage title different from regular cars. I, th- I don't think you can do supercharging with the salvage title. Yeah, Tesla, Tesla right? did shut that down. Uh, in terms of insurance and all that, I don't know how that works either. So I think that's more of a problem. But um, they are like, what, what what makes a car salvage these days, though? Like you, you can have a perfectly drivable car that is salvaged just because of the cost of repairs are, are, are crazy. So uh, on that front, like you can definitely find something that's usable. But uh, yeah, uh, there, there, there are issues involved with it. And supercharging is one of them. All right, Greg Poland. This electric airplane would be great as a connector flight. I live in a small town close to Houston, Dallas, and Austin. Our airport can access to those major airports. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the goal, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right, Roller 20. Do you think it's time for Elon to go and be replaced by a more standard CEO? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. As long as he, like, if he can be like executive chairman, I would be down for that. Because like, he now, I think now, I mean, he's always fighting with the SEC, but I think technically he can be chairman again. Not that I have anything against Robin and Holm or anything like that, but if he can become like an executive chairman and have like a, an inf- still an influential role in that company, but have an, a CEO that is full time, Robert Diaz, um, <laughs> Herbert Diaz, <laughs> right. that would be nice. If we have someone that's competent and then that. You know, it's not full time. On te- I know he works like crazy and everything like that, and between all the companies. But someone that's like dedicated to Tesla, that would be nice. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Kind of like uh, Tim Cook to uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs was never like a yeah. traditional CEO. He also yeah. ran um, what's that movie company? Pixar. Pixar. Yeah. yeah. So a little similar to that, where yeah. he was kind of all over the place, and not not hundred percent there. All right, Brian. Why is the robot the most important product this year versus solar panels and energy products? Well, I mean, uh, that comment was in the context of uh, the development. So, like, how much, like, R&D effort is put into that versus other products uh, in 2022. So, and I don't think there's that much R&D in solar and energy products. There is some for sure. But but there are new products coming in, on, on that front. Like, we reported on that last month. I think that Tesla is working on some product on that. Uh, I just I don't think it's necessarily the same people that are working on it either. So, yeah. All right, uh, big Elon Tesla fan. What the uh, WTF was Elon thinking about buying Twitter? Stupid from the start. Placed Tesla in a bad spot. Is he forced to buy it? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'll I'll say mine real quick. Uh, yeah. I do think it was dumb. I think you know reading the text, uh, it seemed like a you know he initially wanted to be a board member and have some input into the product and then it seemed like he went from zero to a hundred in terms of you know rage at uh tesla's or uh, twitter ceo and just decided all right um i don't know if that was like well thought out or or whatever it felt like he went from just being part of it to wanting to own it pretty quickly and now it doesn't seem like that's the case um i don't know if it really puts tesla in too bad of a spot um well they, and, the the share the stock sales are very significant but those are right. already done apparently that my understanding is that elon as with the stock that he sold already he has if he's forced to buy it he has the money so i think if if it had any impact on tesla i think it's done unless he's forced to buy it and then now he's stuck with it and it's one more thing on his plate 
Right. That's that's going to be the, taking some time away from Tesla. That's the only impact it's going to have, I think. Uh, but whether or not he is forced to do it, uh, I mean, uh, that's I don't think anyone knows at this point. Like, I don't even the judge that's going to decide that. I don't think he knows at this point. Uh, uh, I think like it's a very complex issue. And uh, but yeah, you're, you're right, Seth. You, you've been sending me some of those texts that are coming out, and it does look like one. He has a, and I know, I know how he is on that front. Like from like talking to him a little bit and, and hearing from from other people that work with him. Like once he thinks that someone is like incompetent, he has like no tolerance for that people for that person, and he obviously thinks that Parag is his name, the CEO of Twitter. Yeah, Parag. he doesn't like him, or he thinks he's incompetent or something like that, and that creates a very like antagonistic relationship with him, and, and you see that in the tweets and another tweets that the text with him, and because uh, the guy had like a very like good comment, like you, you invested in our company, you're not saying that like, the company is dead, or tell that it's badly affecting the morale of our of our workers if you could not do that that would be great and if we can work together to implement whatever you want to implement in the company but then he was like what did you do today to work on that 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 was not it's like how about you answer is very like very legitimate question first right Unless, the, unless I mean, I mean, obviously we're not in there. Maybe, maybe Parag is just slacking it up all week. And we don't, we don't know. But somehow I have doubts about that. Cause Something happened, like because yeah. you could tell that the tweet, the conversation was very cordial at the beginning. Like, hey, tell me if I'm overstepping. To like, I'm gonna overstep all over your face right now. But, but so. you know, uh, did you were you the one that sent me the? Did you see the text with uh, Jack Dorsey? I I read about them. I didn't see like yeah, because those are the, those ones were the most enlightening to me. Where it clearly shows the situation. Because Dorsey, I did right. It sounds like the, Dorsey was like, "I'm getting out of Twitter. I'm I don't want anything to do with Twitter anymore." Uh, he said like, "I'm selling everything I got and I'm getting out of the board." He told him like ahead of time. He told him, "I'm leaving," which is insider information, by the way. Right. And. And he was, and he told Elon what we, what I'm gonna do. And he said I'm gonna do that because he, he felt bad about what he did with Twitter. He said he felt like Twitter got out of control. And he said he said I want to do uh, just an open source protocol that's like Twitter, but it's completely open source and everything. And I'm gonna do it because I want to fix my mistake that I did with Twitter. And he, I want your help with that. He was like I can. And Elon like was super interested with him saying that. He's like, oh, we need to talk about that. I'm very interested in that. But he pushed for like, oh, but I think we can still fix Twitter. So he right. was the, while in the text, George Dorsey seems like, nah, I think like, and I would be, I believe Dorsey is the one who created it. He's the one right. who's in it for years. He's telling you, nah, that's, it's not fixable at this point. Right. He said Twitter should have never been a company. That's his word. It should have never been a company. It should have been a protocol from the start and never been. And Elon thinks he knows better because he's a super genius, which he is. He's a level five super genius, whatever the guy said at the, the meeting a few years ago. Right. Um, you know, obviously he's a genius, but like that's what's one one of the problem with being that intelligent. Like you, you if you're more intelligent than most people you meet, you think sometimes you're more intelligent than than a guy that obviously has way more information than you on Twitter for having built the, the company and uh, being involved for so long in it, he's telling you don't it's, it's, it's um what's the word it's rotten. Like you, you cannot, you cannot right. fix something that's rotten. You have to throw rotten it away. Yeah. 
which I don't know that it is, obviously, but I would believe Darcy before. <laughs> I mean, it's a service. People seem to enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. it. Like, uh, in know. small doses. In small doses, yeah. Yeah. Everyone that I meet these days, and then when they have like a hundred thousand tweets a year or something, and I'm like, yeah, I cannot be friends with you. <laughs> it's not healthy. It's, it's not a, healthy. It's a good sign. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, like a red flag. A right. red flag, exactly. Roll of twenty. Do you think Tesla will lose the FSD class action? Yes. I, yeah, they're gonna lose big time. All right, uh, Bike Angeles question: you, Can you guys start covering home storage systems competing against Tesla Powerwalls? Any companies or products that you like as Tesla wall alternatives? Um, well, there's a bunch of stuff in the smaller, like two kilowatt hour space, like which we cover all the time. Too. Yeah, like Jackery and uh, Blue Eddy, and uh, even Anchor has one that just came out. I was at an event yesterday with one. Um, but the bigger stuff is coming from like Panasonic, Samsung, LG, um, LG, like the, the, those companies, and they're they're kind of like the same thing. As a yeah. power wall, just a different form factor. Yeah, they're not and, too excited, too exciting to be honest. But we do cover them when they're launched and everything. Like that. We just don't like update it as much as Powerwall. But to be fair, Powerwall has incredible market share in there. So if you yeah, can and, keep it, I understand the complaint comes from like, hey, you guys cover too Tesla too much on this, but Tesla is the market on a lot of the least things. So yes, we cover them a little bit more for sure. Yep. All right, EB one eight 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 with the adapter, you can charge at the other location. Salvage is now much more usable hmm that's cs he's talking about yeah that's a yeah. good point i that's, assume it has to be produced since uh what was it 2020 though it was the last right year? or get upgraded somehow yeah uh that is a good point we should find out if that's uh yeah. maybe jason hughes knows yeah. all right wolfie mcwolf wolf, wolf how, what time does a i day start Nine forty-five eastern Nine nine fifteen. Nine fifteen. 15 if it's on uh, i think i'm yeah. probably gonna be closer to right. yeah. all right <laughs> The bot will build everything for Tesla. Why wouldn't you build it first? Employees cost a lot. Okay, buddy. Yeah. I wonder if the robot is in response to the employee lawsuits Tesla is losing in California. Okay. Like people are like way optimistic about how quickly that thing can replace an employee. I don't like it. It definitely cannot. It's not like a, not even like a 10 to one thing. Like it's humans can do things completely different. It would take a long time before they're anywhere near human level. So it's more like complementing the human. So like every squad has their own Tesla bot or something like that. Like that, that would make sense, make work more efficient. But I don't think it just replaces employees. Anytime All right. Soon. I think that's a good place to end. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, if you are watching right now on your um, podcast, if you're listening on your podcast app, please give us a five-star review. I've seen a bunch come in last uh, week, and we read them all, and we appreciate them all. And uh, it's starting to have an impact uh, to combat the people that give us one star after watching like 20 seconds of the show and, and whatnot. Uh, but... If you're listening live on uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, whatever, you can give us a thumbs up and subscribe. That helps the show a lot too. It's free to do and it helps us. Uh, So we appreciate you and we can see you same place, same time next week. Have a good one.